Heather Smith said, Heather Smith said, do you remember the day when you told Star Major Parker that you just weren't going to serve chow? You were just everybody going to eat a Maurice for 30 days? You weren't going to take your MKT to the to the field or whatever? And I'm like, no, I don't remember. You're like, you don't remember that? Star Major Parker lost his mind in front of you, in front of all of us. And I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't remember, you know? And I'm just like, doo, 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 doo. but no, you did. You were like, Wah! but it was taking care of me. It was, it was teaching me and I love it. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate you. You are amazing, man. Well, see, and that's, see, that's the thing you had to keep in mind. You remember, cause like I thought, like somebody asked me that question when, when I think, and they got back to a couple of commanders and they asked me about it. And I said, well, listen, he's a show ran guy like I am. I say, he was in the 82nd. I say, I was in first infantry division, no division. I say, that's the way we used to eat back then. Yeah. We, we, if we got a hot meal, it's because we was in them night defensive positions and we went out there on mission moving. I said, I know what he's doing and I know where he's going. But I got to pull him in because Patriot don't do that. We don't do that in Patriot. <laughs> We don't do that. We don't do I said, that. I said the first thing is he just got here and he just warming his seat. And like I said, I am not finna let him go down that road because if I let him go down that road, then I'm wrong. Because I let him lose his job, it's my fault. And they say, Yeah, I see what you're talking about. And I say, that's why I, that's why I pulled him in. And when I pulled him in and talked to him and explained to him. But like I used to tell him first on, I say, listen, y'all see. Y'all know, all y'all been in this job. That's why our first songs work together and take care of each other. That's why I saw me. Well, guess what? When I sat there and watch, and I see none of y'all pulling me in, I'm pulling you in because I can't let you go out there on that rope like that. And that's when I used to tell them, you, you guys have been first songs, you know. Amen. Then like I told Heather that time, when she sat up there and I said, wait a minute, first song. <laughs> you, what you mean you're not going to the first on course? Oh, you're going to the first on course. You're going to hold that unit. You're going to the first on course. Ain't no ands and ifs about that. But you, like I said, you came in there with the right attitude. You came in there 100% ready to go. And like I told somebody, that's hard charging. That's the way they need to come in. I like that. But I ain't going to hurt him. But I ain't going to let him hurt himself and hurt them soldiers and hurt his unit. Because ain't nobody finna eat no darn MREs for 30 days. We ain't finna go for that. Nope, nope, nope. This is show, this is patron, and patron don't play that stuff. In Showrad, we did that, but this is the new army. You can't do that. Marshall in the middle. Hello. Oh, look at there. He's showing up. I'm look at that. Can you hear me? You got me? I can't hear you yet. <laughs> What's going on? Why can't I hear you? You can't hear me? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Where are you oh at, Sergeant Major? What's going on? Let's see. Hey, you don't hear me? Right? It's supposed to be unmuted. Right. Hold on, I think I got a speaker problem. Oh, microphone, speaker, speaker, speaker. Check, check, check. Check. There we go. That's it. I fixed it. It was my end. It was my end. Look at, you, Look at you, dude. It was on my end. Look at you, man. I love you. I love you, love you, love you. How you doing, Sergeant Major? I love you, man. Look at you. How you doing, First Sergeant? My gosh. You, you are a blessing, man. 
You are a friggin' absolute blessing. You are an angel. I swear you are and were and continue to be an angel in my I life. try to be. I, love I try to be. You do you dude. Uh, how many how many moments did I sit in your office and you look at me and say, First Sergeant, you're confused. First Sergeant, you're missing it. First Sergeant, you're confused. And I I didn't I didn't dude, I was going down that road and I was like a straight arrow and you were you were just like you were such a wonderful counsel to me. You were such a wonderful blessing to me at every turn. Well, you, helped me you helped me grow too. Dude, you, you were you were too. amazing. You were amazing. I love you, dude. I would fall on any sword in any part of the world ever for you in a moment, no, dude. You were, don't the, say that. you were the best. Don't say that. <laughs> no, no, I would. I would. Dude, I would. I would. You just don't get it. You just don't get it. Those moments, dude. When there was a time, because Heather Smith talked about it when I talked to her. She's like, you remember when you told you told the Sergeant Major you were going to take your whole unit to the field for a month with no, you know, just MREs? And, and, and I would look, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a young dude, man. I was trying to figure stuff out. And you were there, the voice of reason, the voice of calm, the voice of... You are you are you are good, man. You are good. You are a blessing to me. You continue to be a blessing to me. Thank you for your service, man. Thank you too. Thank you as well. Where where are you from? I'm from Greenville, Mississippi. Hell yeah, right? Isn't that a great place to be from? <laughs> hey, right? I mean you coming on that right there. Dude. Dude, the, the, they just it's had not a, right. the, how did they how they fare through the hurricane? Huh? How'd they fare through the hurricane? Well, they went to I think he got Biloxi and then down in the Gulfport area, Gulf Gulfport Biloxi area. Down on the coast. It didn't go up near where I was right. at, but they got rain. But that down there, Gulfport uh Gulfport right. Biloxi, that's where it hit, down there. What are you what are you up to in your life? What are you doing? Are you retired? Are you 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 working for money? What's going on? Well, you know, uh I I kinda with my appointments and everything, I, I'm I'm retired, but the thing is I uh kinda go out uh uh help those uh kids over in New Mexico. I work in I go over there in New Mexico every now and then and help some of those uh uh kids over there with the uh in those programs and uh coaching a little little league and uh Little football, little stuff here. Work with kids every now and then. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's is that your passion working with kids, right? Yeah, you know, I you know, uh, you know, I I, I I would say this. Growing up, I had two parents in the house, and you know that's fortunate, because a lot of people. A lot of us grew up don't have two parents in the house, be the grandparents or the sister, whoever raised us. And I was fortunate. And, uh, you know, I always said, you know, I always said to my mom and my dad, and I said, you know, uh, I know there's times that we got on y'all nerves and, and everything, but, you know, going out helping kids and plus sons of my own and grandkids, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's a given thing just to go back and help. Give something, Amen. give somebody something, because they gave you something, you know. Amen. Help it 50-50.
I tell you what, you you did you gave to me. You gave to me, and I appreciate that very much. I I, I really. So, what was it like growing up as a kid? You know, did you do you have the things you needed or wanted, or I mean, would you well, ride the bike? You know, tell me about tell me about being a kid. Well, growing you up, you got a great time. smile. You got a great smile, by the way. I love your smile. Thank you. Well, you know, growing up, it was six of us in the house: three boys, three girls. And uh, well, my mother and daddy, they gave us the food, put the roof over our heads, sent us to school, and gave us the love we need. Now we didn't. You, you're not gonna get. They didn't give you a lot of money because they didn't have a lot of money to give us. But I believe at 12 years old, I took my daddy's lawnmower. That's when I started going out there doing things like cutting grass, edging yards, raking leaves, and doing stuff like that, and helping bring a little money in. The, into the into the house to help my mother and daddy so they didn't have to work so hard to help them with my brothers and sisters. And you know, things like that help buy a few clothes here, help buy uh some groceries and things like that. So and I got my first job when I was in the uh tenth grade. And uh from there I worked from the tenth grade all the way till I finished high school at a steakhouse called Beefeater Steakhouse. And I worked for the for a guy named uh Johnny McWright the best supervisor, the best boss you could ever have. And uh, worked for him for two and a half years, almost three years. He taught me how to cook steaks. He taught me how to bake those potatoes. He taught me how to do just about everything that needed to be done in that steakhouse. And uh, they was gonna open up another one down in uh, Cleveland, Mississippi. And uh, he wanted me, he wanted to send me to Mississippi Delta Junior College to be a chef and all that. And he was gonna, Start me out at that steakhouse if you ever open it, but it never came to pass to open. And as time went on, you know, I graduated. Once I finished graduating school, and I worked at that uh, carpet mill for six months, and I got laid off from there. And that's when I sat down with my mom, and my mama was talking to me, and she said, "You know, your dad was a veteran of World War II. My oldest brother, your uncle." was in the Air Force doing Vietnam. My daddy's youngest brother was in the Army doing Vietnam. And my mama's youngest sister was in the Army doing Vietnam. My mom said, you know what? Probably the best thing is to go down there and see a recruiter and you enlist into the Army. What year was that? Uh, around 1978. No way. Yeah, 1978. And, uh, Matter of fact, I went in February 14, 1978, uh, Veterans Day. No way. That's so cool, dude. You oh yeah, so that was Veterans Day. Cool. I mean, dude, uh, you're like a you're like a Superman to me, right? That's so, so I was born in '68. When I was 10, you joined the army. Uh huh. When I was 10 years old, you joined the army, right? My 19th That's... birthday coming up on my 20th birthday. No way, dude. So what was like? So what was so tell me to tell me about Private Parker. Private Parker. <laughs> well, come on, right? Come on now. <laughs> well, when I first got in, uh, in uh, they sent me to uh, after basic training in Fort Bliss, they sent me to Germany, and I was uh, trained as a 16th Papa, chaparral. Crewman slash red eye gunner. 
Reload, dude. That's big time, man. That putting them fins on and stuff. <laughs> yeah, the first duty station was uh in Nyon, Germany. HHB two three three field artillery, and uh, I was a red eye gunner, and I was there for about two two and a half years. Went there from E one. When I left there, I went there from seventy eight to eighty one. After I left there, wow. I had just made E five. And uh, re-enlisted and went back to Bliss. They sent me back to Bliss from April 1981 to uh, April 1982. I was only a HHB instructor group. I had a uh, sixth brigade and I was an instructor. And I was there for a year training those young soldiers coming in on them chaparrales, on them chaparrales, right. the chaparral crewmen and stuff. And when the year came up, I left, they sent me, I went back to Germany. I went to uh, 361, 88, Budigen, Germany. I was there from 82 to 85, got there as E5, senior gunner for about six months. After about six months, I finally got my own squad, you know, of course, as E5, because the squad leader was a staff sergeant position, so. I had that squad for about 15, 17 months. And right at the 18 month, we went to Crete, Greece, down there do them chaparral crew drills and live fires. So we went down there, did them live fires. And I think I placed uh, seven out of 12, number seven out of 12 in firing one of those missiles. I had one of the youngest crews down there because I, I was E5. I had an E4, an E3 had just made E4, was my senior gunner. I had a PFC E3, I had an E3 driver and an E3 uh, communication guy. And went down there, did that, and after coming back, and then in 85, stayed there after a couple of RTAPs, a couple of reforges, and a maneuver damage control. I was a maneuver damage control NCO. After I had done it, the battalion commander and the sergeant major selected us, selected certain NCOs. And, you know, to go do the maneuver damage control thing for reforging. I did that. And then it's about time to come back. And I PCS, after I re-enlisted, I PCS from there to Fort Polk, Louisiana. Went down there to Fort Polk from 85 to 87. I was in a 1st Battalion, 55th, 88th Chaparral. Down there, 5th Infantry Division. It was fifth infantry division, red diamonds. So uh, <laughs> I got down there for a while, down there for two years. Good duty, just hot and very humid. Of course, you know how the South feels, hot and humid. A lot of water in Louisiana, a lot of good fishing down there. Went fishing a lot, went hunting a lot. Had a couple of soldiers took me out there hunting, and we went out there hunting, cooting, uh, shooting, uh, shooting deer. Raccoons, squirrels, rabbits. So did a lot of hunting down there. That was a good two years. And that's why uh, I had got married down there to my second wife and uh, married to her for about 12 years, which she's passed on now. But uh, after leaving Fort Polk in 87, went back to Germany, sent me back to Germany. 
I staff saw it now. So we're going back to Germany. I went to uh, sent me to Han Air Force Base, which was 65688, redesignated 54488. And uh, I was there from 89 to 90, 90, 92. And uh, while I was over there, Six months prior to coming back from over there, went to ANOC, came back to Bliss. I selected to go to ANOC, went to ANOC. Once I finished ANOC, returned back to Germany. Was there 90 days, and then I PCS from there and wound up in uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Went to Fort Hood, Texas. <laughs> 31st Brigade, it was 31st. 31st 88 Brigade and uh, was there from 91 to 94. I was there and uh, of course uh, when I arrived there I was there for four years and your, your battalion saw a major for 3488 which was saw Major Adams that was my first son when I arrived up on that, on that site I was oh, down no there. Way. Adams, Adams was your first sergeant. That's awesome. <laughs> he was my first sergeant. About, I was there for about two years, and he came up. He got selected to go to a uh, sergeant major academy. And then once he left, we got another first sergeant in there, a guy named uh, uh, sergeant major Lloyd Coley. And, oh, uh, I know Coley. I know yeah, Coley. he was there. He was there for uh, for a minute. And then he left in a PCS to Korea. And I had another year left and my commander, Captain Darvin Jones, I had talked to him and spoke to him a little bit and say, listen, sir, I done come up on, coming up on a little bit over four years being here. And uh, I, I just need to, when Branch come down here, I just want to get your permission uh, for me, it's time for me to find new ground. He said, well, where you want to go? I said, I want to go to Korea. Yeah do that short tour in career. And then when I come back, because I, my wife was still down there in Fort Polk, she didn't PCS with me to Germany or to Fort Hood. And so I, I said, I wanna go to Korea and then return back to Polk as far as possible. And then I went to Korea in 94, April 94, left there in uh, June of 95. Once I got back, they sent me back to Fort Polk. Thought I was gonna be there for a while, but as soon as I get down there, get into the 108 Brigade. I was in 1288A Avenger Battalion, which uh, we had OJT. Once we did that OJT in the Fort, Fort Hood. Uh, <clears throat> so I was on Avengers at Hood, then Korea, then turned to Fort Polk. Once I got to Fort Polk, uh, I thought I'd go be there for at least two or three years. But once I got down there, Z7P, uh, the tank commander told me, say, well, you know, the brigade getting ready to move next year to Fort Bliss. I said, oh, man. That's old. I said, okay, sir, I got it. So I had to tell my wife, spoke to her. We talked about it. And she said, well, you're going on down there, then I'll be on down there after a year. But went back down there in 96. But then stayed at Fort Polk before a year. And then we moved. Then I left, went to, like I say, Fort Bliss. Got there in 96. And I was there at Fort Bliss from 96 in the 108 Brigade, which I had a 
had a vengeance battery. And once I took over that battery as the first sergeant, as operation sergeant, I took over that battery. And then I, that battery, they deactivated one, two. Then they moved me over to 243, a Patriot Battalion. Saw Major Adams with the brigade, saw Major, he moved me over there. Because he told me, say, first sergeant, when the, when the branch come in here, you don't say nothing. You just be quiet. I said, so Major, I want to go to Fort Stewart or either go to Fort Drone. He said, no, you just be quiet. Okay. All right, so Major. Amen. 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 <laughs> so he put me in the Patriot Battalion, and I was in the Patriot Battalion for about two, two and a half years. And uh, did that. And then uh, after he left and took over post, saw Major James Harper came in and took over 108 Brigade coming from Fort Drum, once he took over that, and then he uh, had guys coming in, he came down there, he said, hey, uh, first sergeant, I already mentioned to you, battalion commander, since they over in uh, Saudi Arabia and everything in the Sergeant Major, I need you to take over the HHB 108 Brigade. I said, well, Sergeant Major, you sure you want me to do that? He said, I need you up there. I said, okay. All right, Sergeant Major, I do whatever you want me to do. And I was in there until uh, 96, until about July 96, when I took over that. And then I got selected, <coughs> saw a major. And I went to a, saw a major course from July 96 up to, uh, I mean, not 96, I'm sorry, 2001 when I went to saw a major academy. Cause I did seven years in that brigade, so three units. But uh, after he, after I went to Saw Major Academy and left there, uh, on my way to Germany again, where I went to the First Infantry Division for the second time, 4380A, Venture Battalion. I was Operation Saw Major, and uh, I guess I was on the ground about three, four months. Of course. So Major Chase had already told me, him and the commander already told me when they called me at home on leave, said, hey, you will be the, you know, the battalion is going to Iraq. I said, okay, sir. Got it. So once I got there in 2003, July 2003, I think I spent about three, four months in Kitzgen, Germany with the battalion, getting everything loaded up and on the railheads and sending stuff down to the shipyard down there. On, put on the boats down there in Frankfurt. And then by what, first of all, October of 2003, I was on my way on a torch party to Iraq. And get, I get over there, I was over there on the ground with the 4th Infantry Division, because we was taking over from them. And I was on the ground with them until the battalion arrived around January. I was over there about four four or five months on the ground, setting up to bring in the battalion, setting up the, the housing, the buses and everything else, getting all that stuff straight. That was workload. That was definitely workload. And uh but I had some good I had some good E7s with me and some good NCOs and people that, that need to sign for stuff and make sure good supply sergeant and motor sergeant and mess people on the ground to help me get this stuff organized to bring the battalion in and uh stayed over there till Two thousand three. Then I left out of there about December two thousand four. 
And after I left there, they sent me back to uh, Kitskin. And once I left Kitskin, January 2005, when I arrived back to El Paso to Fort Bliss again to take over 552 ADA in the 11th Brigade. So uh, that's where I met you. That's right. And that's where uh, that's where it was started for me right there as a CSM in the 11th Brigade. And, uh, and that's when I uh, kind of, you know, I kind of see it because we know when I, with the first command I had, Colonel Simonetta, I told him, say, he said, well, so what you looking to do, Pastor? Well, sir, this is my last stop, and I think it's going to be my last hurrah. Because, uh, I say, between Desert Storm and Iraq and everything, and I think it's going to be, I say, this is going to be it for me. I ain't seeking no higher because I took, I promised my wife now, my second wife, I promised her, I say, hey, it's going to be it. I'm going to call her today because I, I need to spend some time with her and the grandbabies I had and everything else. So you told me that. That was the you last thing. Yeah. In your in your office one day, yeah. you're like, dude, I got nothing to lose, man. I'm this is this is it for me and I'm happy. And um you were you were a wise counsel. You were wise counsel. You <laughs> you told me about certain people and certain things and certain <laughs> stuff that was going on. Uh yeah, dude, you were you were good. You were you were amazing. I love you. I love you. Yeah. So so what? How you been doing? Oh, I've been great. I've been great. Hey, you know, so one of the things that's been so interesting about this is the ability to talk to folks like you, right? Look. I was looking back on that time in my life. I was young. I was full of testosterone. Yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was full of piss and vinegar and ready to go conquer the world. And you, you yep. held the yep. throttle on me. You, you <laughs> throttled me at my ass back, and you said, "Come on, first sergeant, think about what you're doing." And you were a mentor. Like you were a great mentor. I was an E seven. HHB first sergeant when we met you called me in your office and you said dude I'm about to give you a thoroughbred horse and I know that you don't even know how to ride the one at the Walmart in the front you know that's just going up and down you know and you you did a great job you and Luther Harris dude you guys were gold I love you guys you guys were awesome man you guys taught me what right looked like and uh, took a young E seven and turn me into a, a, a an adequate first art and uh, I love you, man. I love you. Yeah, like I said, uh, when I look at you now, I see you now. I see the things you have done and accomplished after that. Because I was following you after I retired, and seeing what you were doing and everything. I watched everything you accomplished, and. Uh, and, and and Luther say, I say, hey, I say, Marshall and Grove, ain't he? I say, yeah. He said, yeah, he had. I say, out of all the first songs, you, uh, Finkley, Pickney, y'all, all y'all grown, I seen you. But you, I, I, I told him, I say, now Marshall, he, he got it. He got it. He, 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 he went and did what he need to do. He grew big time. 
But there's a couple of them I still watch and I see. And I say, yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing they retired because they'd be up in there now. Somebody be going to chop their head off. Because I say they're up in there now. They're going to chop their head off now. Chop their head off because they'd be in there doing some of this stuff. But, but I tell you, when you first, like you said, we all did it because I was the same way, pissing vinegar. I was the same way too. Somebody had to throttle me back. Somebody had to mentor me. Somebody had to teach me. But everything you did and you turned, I can see how positive it was. I can see how your soldiers keep up with you. I can see how your soldiers appreciate you. I can see how they love you. And that's the main thing that you, if you got that out of that, you got that out of that, and that was a good thing right there. But uh, You, dude, you, you. I got it from you, man. I got it from you. You pulled me aside several times. And and look, call me in my office, in your office, like in serious, and like real talk, dude, real talk, you and me. And you're like, you better figure your shit out first, Sergeant. <laughs> I'm like, in the parade rest, I'm like, yes, Sergeant Major. <laughs> but it was good advice every time. It was good advice, and I appreciate. It. I've been telling my partner Bella all day how excited I was about our interview tonight. How excited I was. About about talking to you you are a stud man you are an american stud dude you look look it's hard to it's hard to blunt a guy like me i'm i'm like rah 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 and you're over here you're like whoa chill out for sorry chill out a minute right <laughs> heather smith said heather smith said do you Remember the day when you told Sergeant Major Parker that you just weren't going to serve chow? You were just everybody going to eat a Maurice for 30 days? You weren't going to take your MKT to the to the field or whatever? And I'm like, no, I don't remember. You're like, you don't remember that? Sergeant Major Parker lost his mind in front of you, in front of all of us. And I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't remember. You know, and I'm just like, do, 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 do. But no, you did. You were like, rah. But it was taking care of me. It was it was teaching me, and I love it. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate you. You are amazing, man. Well, see, and that's and see that's the thing. You had to keep in mind. You remember, cause like I told, like somebody asked me that question when, when I think it got back to a couple of commanders, and they asked me about, it, and I said, well, listen, he's a sure ran guy like I am. I say, he was in the 82nd. I say, I was in first division, no division. I say, that's the way we used to eat back then. Yeah. We, we, if we got a hot meal, it's because we was in them night defensive positions and we went out there on mission moving. I say, I know what he's doing and I know where he's going, but I got to pull him in because Patriot don't do that. We don't do that at Patriot. <laughs> we don't do that. Don't do I, that. Said, I said, the first thing is he just got here and he just warming his seat. And like I said, I am not finna let him go down that road because if I let him go down that road, then I'm wrong. Because I let him lose his job, it's my fault. And they say, yeah, I see what you're talking about. And I say, that's why I, that's why I pulled him in. And when I pulled him in, talked to him and explained to him. But like I used to tell him first on, I say, listen, y'all see, y'all know, all y'all been in this job. That's why I first saw us work together and take care of each other. That's right, saw mate. Well, guess what? When I sit there and watch, and I see none of y'all pulling him in, I'm pulling you in because I can't let you go out there on that rope like that. And that's when I used to tell him, you, you guys have been first, as you know. Amen. Then like I told Heather that time, 
when she sat up there and I said, wait a minute, first off, <laughs> what you mean you're not going to the first on course? Oh, you're going to the first on course. You're going to hold that unit. You're going to the first on course. Ain't no ands and ifs about that. But you, like I said, you came in there with the right attitude. You came in there 100% ready to go. And like I told somebody, that's hard charging. That's the way they need to come in. I like that. But I ain't going to hurt it. But I ain't going to let him hurt himself and hurt them soldiers and hurt his unit. Because ain't nobody finna eat no darn MREs for 30 days. We ain't finna go for that. Nope, nope, nope. This is show, this is patron, and patron don't play that stuff. In Showrad, we did that, but this is the new army. You can't do that. You can't Amen. have MKT out there. There's gonna be some hot meals out there. Amen. Amen. And that was gold. That was gold. I turned that into gold. The last night of the field problem, we had comedy night. We served steak and shrimp, and it turned out to be a you know, it turned into being a morale booster, all because you pulled me, you like you put me in a headlock and gave me a noogie and said, "Hey, look, some bitch, you come on now, get with the program." You know, you <laughs> did it. You were the man. You were the man, Johnny Parker, dude. I love you, man. I love you. So tell me about Private Parker. Were you were you a good private? I, I tell you, I was a, I tell you, I was a decent private. And I did my job, did everything here. Now, a couple of times, I got into some, uh, in Germany, I got into some hiccups downtown. And, uh, and it was soldiers against Germans. We was down in a club. <laughs> and we was uh, having a good time. A lot of guys with me, a couple of them from South Carolina. Uh, one of them was from uh, Macon, Macon, Georgia and a couple of them from Little Rock, Arkansas. And we was downtown, it about 10 of us. And we was, we was down there eating and everything. And guys came over there toward the table. So we were sitting there eating. And a guy pushed the picnic table over. So before I knew anything, before I could say anything, it was too late to try to keep the guy from doing anything. Next thing you know, I see soldiers against Germany. And rather trying to get in the middle of it to stop it, I was in there with him, and we were fighting. <laughs> we were fighting. <laughs> and uh, well, anyway, when we got the next one, we all had to go see the first side. And uh, we stand up there, lined up. And you know, you you stand up there as a private, especially PV2. You scared because you don't know what happened. You the lowest ranking one there. And you probably the smallest because everybody else taller than you. And uh, <laughs> first thing I hear at the first saw in mouth was, uh, did y'all win? And then that's when the guy said, yeah, we won. He said, uh, how many of them y'all put in the hospital? He said, I don't know we put anybody in the hospital the first saw, but we shut, we, 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 we shut some eyes. We got some eyes closed. <laughs> well, anyway, make a long story short, with it's all said and done, we had to go in and see the battalion commander. Yeah, the tomb sergeant, the squad leader, first sergeant, first sergeant had already hooked up. So we, we come out of there and uh, we, we, we didn't receive Article 15s, but we received 14 days extra training. And we received some uh, local letters to go in your file right there in the bill, in your, in your, in your folder right there. And then that's what <laughs> I said. That's what I told them guys, say, no more of this crap, man. I can't afford this. I got kids to feed. I can't afford it. 
I say first on, and I never forget his name was first on Larry J. Emery. Larry J. Emery, good first on. And uh, one thing I say for him, he saved all 10 Albahans that day, all of us. And uh, because he because they, they already knew they had problems with them guys down there, Germans down there picking on soldiers all across. And that's when they started putting certain place off limits to us. But yeah, I was uh I did what I had to do, went to work. Uh, got into a few scrapes, a few fights and everything, but I respected my chain of command. I respected my NCOs. I tried to follow them as much as I had to, uh, could in the officers and all the leadership and everything else, because then it wasn't so much as Article 15, this and that, because back then, you ever heard, I'm quite sure you heard about that Connex counselor. <laughs> and back then, and that's where the world come in, doing it, because we still had we still had some people from Vietnam still in the army, and some of them living on the right. third floor above us and stuff. And uh, back then, MCO, they'll counsel you and you do a good job. But if you're doing something else, it was, it was something called Connex Council. You get a little Connex Council. So I tried to, I, I'm going to tell you, I tried to be on best behavior because I wasn't the biggest guy. I was always the smallest guy out of everybody there. I was always the smallest. Really? So you never got any Connex counseling? I know what Connex counseling is. You never got any Connex counseling? I went behind Connex twice, and I came behind there victorious. But it, but but it helped me. It helped me as long as I stayed in that area. Because the thing was, it ain't no such thing as a PV2 beating up an E4 or E5. So it, 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 I'm telling you, it hurt me. It hurt me pretty hard, cause I thought I was over. With, I thought it was gonna be over for me down there. If I hadn't, if they hadn't moved me out in PCS Media, I thought it, it, my, my, the army's gonna end for me right there. Oh wow! Oh wow! And I'm telling you, it was rough. It was rough. So, 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 look. Tell me, tell me more about that, or, or tell me about becoming a sergeant. Becoming a sergeant, you know, watching the NCOs and the NCOs that I served with and that was over me and learned from them, what they did, they did great jobs and they did good. But I wanted to take it a little bit bigger and a little bit better and do a little bit more. I want to be one of those guys that try to not let my soldiers go through what I went through and what I seen and what I had to deal with. I want to try and make it a little bit better for them and a lot easier for them. I wanted them to get time off. When time was off, they stay off. I wanted them to learn what they need to do and go above and beyond. And I didn't want them always crying about this or whining about that or saying, do we have to do this or do we have to do that? And when time came, I said, you earn this time off, I want you off. But because there's going to be times you're not going to be able to get off. So I tried to do what I could for those soldiers and make sure they got home to their kids and to their wives and spent some time with them. Because you know as well as I know, once you start getting a lot of responsibility, getting up in them ranks, uh, time is going to be limited with that family. It's going to be limited. Amen. Amen. And that's why I always tried to do for those soldiers at the squad level, at the platoon level, even at the unit at the unit level or at the battalion. I always tried to do that because 
some things you can control, but you can't control everything. And uh, I think the hardest thing with me was always with me to look in a soldier's face as a as non-commissioned officer or officer face or my first on face. And I had to deliver them something that wasn't up to standard or something that was dissatisfied, especially I was dissatisfied. And that's why I used to go in that office, go in my office and put my uh, get my thoughts together before I come out there and address that formation, address y'all, or say something to any of y'all about anything because of dissatisfaction. Because sometimes I used to bounce it off like Luther. I used to bounce it off Luther. I'll go in there and bounce it off the XO. And then uh, every now and then, when the battalion command, I bounce it off him. And then I bounce it off the S3. Or I pull one of them commanders in there. I know HAB commander. I pull her in there a couple times. Or Delta commander. Or triple nook. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, maintenance commander. I pull a commander in there and bounce things off them. And them warn off everybody else. Because I say, before I go out there and put this information out, I need to bounce this off somebody. Because this ain't the kind of information I need to be bouncing off. Or just like the chaplain. Just like Chaplain Welch. Now, he was my sounding board on a lot of things, a lot of things. And he helped me with a lot of things. And uh, just like I told him, this is, this is what I missed mostly when I first came in the first three years in Army. Because my first duty station, we didn't have no battalion chaplain assigned to that battalion I was in. And as time goes on, people don't understand. A chaplain not only good for spiritual and giving out coupons to help kids, this and that, but that chaplain can give you some direction in a lot of ways, just like EO, just like the IG, just like uh, legal. All those folks, they ain't got to be on their job you talking about something legal and all this, but just to get some kind of advice and say something to somebody else, see how it sounds, then that'll make it easier for me to go and deliver that message to the battalion. Amen. Amen. You did a, you did a good job with that. You know, you did a really good job with that for sure. Tell me, tell me about, tell me about a struggle that you had, you know, did you have a struggle at some point in your career or with your family or, or was something? Well, I'll tell you this. I had a struggle every day. I was in the army every day from E1 to E9. And the struggle I had, and I had to learn this the hard way. You're not gonna make everybody happy. And my point was this, and my point was always this. I wanted to have at least whatever unit, platoon, or whoever around me, first songs, whatever, I at least wanted to get a 50%, a 50% happy rating versus a 60% unhappy rating and a 40% happy rating. That was my struggles. Those are struggles. And trying to keep everybody satisfied, that's a struggle. Trying to keep people from doing the wrong thing, getting DWI, domestic violence, going out there, losing your career, doing stuff you don't need to do to get court-martialed, doing things you don't need to do to leave there with dishonorable discharge. I wanted to have 100% of everything in that unit or everybody in that unit to leave there, whether they ETS, retired or whatever, leave there honorably, leave there with award, leave there with some kind of justification showing that they came here to do something that benefited them 
their family in this nation. That's the why. Amen. That's the struggle I had with it all the time. Never want no soldier to go down or no officer to go down on nothing. That's always a struggle there. And I struggle with that from, like I said, from day one I came into the army to the day I left. I struggle with that. And I struggle with that today. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm I'm proud of that. I, I remember I remember you you calling me in your office one day and telling me about a soldier that I was taking with me to Korea and you told me, you know, that look, watch him closely, very closely and and know that he's in a struggle right now. And um you know, I'll never forget that day. And I looked at you and I said, Sergeant Major, I got it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you, like said, you want me to take him away from you? I'll replace him with somebody else. You don't have to go forward with this guy. And I said, no. I've looked at this guy in the eye, and I, I think we're good, and, and we can do it. And you said, okay, Professor, I got you. But you, you, were, you were an honest counsel that day. You were uh, – you, you – you showed me, you shined the flashlight on truth, and I appreciate that. I will never forget that. The guy's name was Burnett, Sergeant Burnett. He, uh, I remember. He time, I remember. He spent time in prison, and he's doing great now. He owns a trucking company in Tennessee, and um, I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, I've talked to him on the phone for over an hour one time, but soon we're going to get on tape and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to record it. But, <laughs> but, you know, look, you, you know, you were right. You're right. You were right. You were right. You are right. And that counsel was taken into consideration with the love that it was given. But at the same time, I knew at that time that I could take Burnett and we could go and do our mission like we needed to do. And, and, um, I gained so much respect for you that day. I gained so much respect for you that day. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it because I didn't want to. The thing is, you've got to keep in mind, you're getting ready to go. You don't pin on the eight. You're getting ready to go over there in one of the hardest areas, hardest places to be in Korea. And you don't need to be worried about them jokers coming across that doggone DMZ and you got to worry about this guy back here got your back. Because the thing is this, you get over there, that could be the end of First Army Marshall, period. But you said, and I took you on your word because you said, I got it. I said, okay. Remember, this your baby now. You say you got it. But I'm telling you, keep your ears and your eyes open. Watch that guy. Watch that guy. Yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. That was totally amazing. So tell me about tell me about the time when you looked around and you realized you were the the adult in the room. Do you remember a time where you were like, "Hold on just a second. Everybody else is confused on this, but I've got this. I'm I'm suddenly the adult." You know, is there a time like that? Well, when I everybody confused and I'm the adult. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. A lot of times, I look for y'all to be the adult. The first one be the adult. All the time. Because at the same token, I am the mentor. I am still learning too. But at the same token, because I'm learning everybody's attitude, and, and, and everybody else got different ideas. 
Just like a couple times you came up with some ideas and I said, yeah, we can run with that if you want to take the lead on that. We can do that. Because sometimes I always, like I told Luther when he took his baton, I said, remember this, they're going to be star majors one day too. So guess what? You ain't got to do it all. You got them first ones. They can teach you a trick or two. And I say, just like when y'all there running them boards. And I told what you call, I say, y'all got this? Okay. I'm still the president of the board, but I'd be in my office. And I'll never forget when you said, I, I got it, so I'm okay. Then Willie said, I got it, I got it. And the only one I was concerned about each and every time, and I told y'all, when Towns got in charge, I said, y'all take care of him now. Y'all make sure nothing happens. Take care. And that's why everybody used to say, and then they say, you had a hard time. I said, no. I said, Townsend had, he was struggling. I say, now, just why somebody asked me, well, why did you put an E7 in HHB versus putting Townsend? I said, Townsend would be the last one to get HHB in this battalion. No, I'm sorry, Major. I say, Marshall just coming in here. I see he got something. If that's what, and I'm going to put him in there and just try him to see. And he did good, but I say, I said, I'm going to keep him there a year. He said, what you going to do with him? I'm going to move him to, move him to one of them batteries. He's going to get a line battery. Well, you got one you're going to get? I say, yes, sir. Bravo. Because Smith going to be out here soon, so he's going to get Bravo. Put him down there. That's a good battery. He'll be, Marshall be all right down there. But I said, I didn't want to put him in that HHB. But if he didn't come in here with that patch on, and I know where he came from, and I know who he's been under, and he has some things to show. No, I'd have worked somebody to put in there, but I say, no, I let him take HHB for a year. And that's why I say, just a year, and then we're moving to Bravo. Because I really, because I, I tell you, because I really, in one thing, since you say I struggle, I struggle with that. I was up night and day on that deal because I'm telling you, <laughs> believe this or not, and you, you probably won't hear this no more, and you probably never hear. I took some heat, big heat, putting you in HHB. Every gay saw major, the 32nd saw major, <laughs> the general, the brigade commander. And uh I told her, and I told, and I told all of them when they told me, I said, well, I guess that's why I'm the saw major and I'm wearing these big boy pants. <laughs> oh my gosh. Saw major, that is amazing to hear you say that because right, I was a non-promotable sergeant first class. I know. McGovern, Mc, I guess McGovern uh, suggested uh me to you and then i went and talked to you and colonel simonelli and you took a big chance on me a huge chance oh yeah on me. oh yeah because like, I, like i said because the thing is the key thing is i say he would not fail at the job i will see to that because i say he, he, he i say i've been watching him i watch his administrative skills i he got leisure i say now I say, unless he fooling me, but let me tell you something. That patch he wearing, that 911 patch, and he a show rare guy. Marsh ain't no Marsh ain't no goddamn knucklehead. He know what to do and he know how to do it. I said, and one thing, putting him in that HHB, and I say, that board coming up, that board is coming up. Somebody gonna look at his record and say he the first son of an HHB to saw me put him up in there. Bam. Right. And that's when I heard them say, oh, I see what you're doing. I said, yeah, because I I got some guys down there got them land units that's East Sevens, and they're not going to get a promotion. But if I stick him in there, and whoever's sitting on that board, he went in the 911 patch, his record's straight, 
he got HHB. Hey, they think this guy is it? This guy worth a sequence number. Boom. So, you know, it, it all works itself out. But, but trust me, the heat I took, it was worth taking. The heat I took, it was worth taking. Because like I said, I'm wearing a big boy pants, but you know, when Colonel, when Colonel, when Colonel come back in there and talk to me, he said, well, Major, wow. I don't know if I could have took that kind of heat. I said, Colonel Simonelli, it's like this. It's like this. I've been in the Army over 28 years. I've been taking heat every day I've been in the Army about something. So this wasn't going to be my last and my first time taking heat. I say, we took a chance bringing him over here. So we're going to take a chance on him taking that AJB. Because the first thing happened when he showed up, now, bro, you see how them commandos was running up in your office. Everybody scrambling like, I'm going to take their first sword and put them in HHB, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. I said, okay, then. I already had a plan. That's why I didn't tell nobody until the bitter end, we're going to put them in HHB. And I say, that's why I did what I did, because it worked out for him. It worked out for him on, on, on every stage, and it worked out on for me. But I said, I already got blasted, so it don't matter no more. I done got blasted by, by, the, four, for the, by the four main people, <laughs> the brigade commander, the general, and them sergeant major. So I already got blasted. Who, who was the folks that was heard? Command Sergeant Major heard. Who was the brigade commander? Colonel Randy Buhider. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Was it? Was it? Was it that guy? Maybe. Remember, it was Buhider, and then Smith came after Buhider left. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. You're right. You're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I remember yeah. Heard. Heard. Yeah. You and Heard. You and Heard were like the double teaming guys. Like, like you were, you were like, you were like the bulldog, and Heard was like the the Labrador Retriever. He would come in like smooth, right? He was smooth. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, all the stuff you're saying, all the stuff you're saying is so friggin' cool, dude. It's so cool to remember back on those days and think that somebody else had my back you know you i knew you had my back i knew it but i didn't i didn't know all the, the dilemmas and stuff that you went through because i'm just well, right i'm i'm, I'm pedaling i'm pedaling like a son bitch right that's what, all i'm doing right if i came if i came and discussed and told you everything that was done and being done what would you thought of me being a sergeant major what would you thought then? right Right, exactly, 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 dude. You're a sage. You are a sage, exactly, exactly. You, you see, you know, it's just like when people set up there, and everybody looking. You know, the heat I took, the heat I took for you was good heat. Now you think about the heat I took for all that stuff that Townsend did down there, and every time I try to take him out that seat, I get kicked back and get pushed back. Because nobody wanted to move him because her say he got to take that unit to Korea. Okay. Then the heat that I took for Delta battery, when my man then went down there, got vehicles on the doggone road down there, the dispatches got done and ran out. The heat <laughs> that came from that. And I sat up there and I said, okay. And I said, okay, I, this is next. Because if I hadn't took that heat, especially on the dispatches, 
they were getting ready to get a, get a battalion commander, a little reprimand. And I said, oh, no, I got to cut this off at the head. I got to cut this off. And you know, any officer in a battalion command seat don't need no, no general letter rep man or no rep man, period. But I took the heat for that and everything else. That's when I went down there and got the first sergeant and pulled him to the side. And I told him, I said, you know what? You're not doing a good job with this. How in the hell you got five vehicles out here? Everybody else dispatches got them straight. And them five dispatches got them in the run out two days ago. How did that happen? Who checking the damn dispatches? Who checking it? Well, the motor saw, and I said, okay, well, where you at first saw? Did you check it? Did you go and look? Did you check to see if they had OL46 that had license? You got two of them now, they ain't got license. We don't went out here and come back on for successful goddamn battalion field problem. And I got five goddamn vehicles in this goddamn unit. And the whole battalion. And you got five of them right here in Delta Battery. I say, every time I go some damn well, it's Delta Battery. Delta battery, Delta battery, or Alpha battery. Between y'all two, y'all HHB and the rest of them can't fuck up because you y'all doing enough for them. This and that. And I said, and I'm catching this shit. I'm catching this heat. I say, but you know what? It's okay. Long they ain't take no goddamn money out my check. It's okay. But the thing is, first on, as soon as we get back, you you come see me. You come see me. You come see me. Oh, I remember, I remember, I remember that voice. I remember that. You come see me first, Sergeant. You come see me. I'm like, oh shit! I'm just standing in a parade dress. I love you, man. I love you. So tell me about, tell me about being a staff sergeant, being a squad leader. Were you a good squad leader? Did y'all win the like best crew and y'all screw the pins on right and all the cap stuff? I was a squad leader. A minimum. I won best crew, then we won best platoon. And I think the best when I was at Fort Hood squad leader. And uh we won best platoon doing the uh, crew drill batch waiting on them shafts. And once we OJT and took over Avengers, instead of being the second best chaparral platoon in the brigade, we became the first best Avenger platoon in the in the brigade. Because yeah. once we OJT and we went to uh, Fort Seal, Oklahoma, and did them live fires. And once we did the live fire, we did a. I was a. I was a platoon sergeant as E6, and what happened was I. Uh, we went down there to shoot, and then and, and that's when uh, I never forget the battalion commander. He said, "Well, uh, y'all shooting behind the pedestal." I said, "Oh no." My goddamn platoon doing shoot on the move. We gonna do convoy live fire shoot on the move. So my guys shooting at the dirt. They ain't finna put them pedestals on the ground. They had, cause if we gotta protect convoys on the move, then goddamn it, they need to learn how to shoot on the move and shoot that stuff out there on the move. So we gonna do our, all six. He said all six of all six of them. And uh, he said, well, you got eight missiles. I said, yeah, I got two shoulder fire missiles, but I'm gonna do that. I, I'm gonna give one to the supply. We train a supply clerk and we train the armorer to shoot it. Because these people in these MOSs need to know how to do it just in case in these headquarter platoons or, or something happen, they, they got to defend them NDPs or defend that battery site. They need to learn how to shoot. And my, all my guys got direct kills in the Avengers. And the supply guy and the armor guy that we train for two weeks each. 
they did the shoulder fire, shoulder fire sting on their shoulders, they got direct kills. So that platoon got eight kills, eight direct kills. But awesome. the whole battery got direct kills, but second and third platoon, they elected to shoot from behind the pedestal. Well, I thought that was enough. We learned how to train miners now. I want to see what my guys could do in them doggone putting them goddamn convoys out. I want to see if my guy can shoot on the move while they while that while that team chief of that squad leader driving that damn vehicle. And that's when uh, my platoon leader said, Sergeant Park, I think that's a bit much. I say, sir, let me tell you something. They rating you as what? Platoon leader in this battalion in this battalion and what in the brigade. Oh, number one platoon leader. Okay. Number one platoon leader don't do shit from the damn ground then. This gonna goddamn take your stock up higher as the platoon leader. And after that, it wasn't two weeks later, they moved that guy to an XO job. They moved him to an XO job. And I like I told him. He said, he said, you made me platoon. So I said, no, no. They made you. They made you. That's right. They made me. So these kids, these guys made us, sir. I didn't make you. I taught you and mentored you to the best of my ability, but they made us. This platoon made us. Amen. Tell, tell me about tell me about some of your soldiers. Have you had have you had a soldier that made you that 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 you're particularly proud of that you remember? Uh I would tell you, I had not a particular soldier, but I had particular soldiers. Like my first uh, platoon down in Fort Hood, workhorse platoon. Now I, I had guys in there. I had one guy. Uh, I had guys in there. Uh, Jose Villarreal. He had made Sergeant Major. He used to be a few years ago over at a camp down there in Hattiesburg at Camp Shelby. Then I had another one named uh, Gaberson, Troy Gaberson. From South Carolina, and then uh, Tracy Hollis, he in Orlando, Florida. But that platoon there alone, and a guy I had named Sergeant First Class Michael Johnson, and James K. Breeden, Staff Sergeant Breeden, and uh, Staff and Staff Sergeant Benjamin Smith. That platoon there was a platoon I never had a platoon like that before that functioned like that, as well as I had with Alpha 1-2, that Avenger battery, and Alpha 2-4-3, that doggone Patriot battery, and HHB-108. I've just had soldiers that just opened my eyes. Now, I've had some NCOs among soldiers that, that stood out and everything, but I had this one soldier that I could reluctantly remind in my mind, and she was in Patriot. Female. I can't call her name right now. But this, this female soldier would outdo the average male soldier any day of the week. And I can't, I can't remember her name, but I can see her face, but I can't remember her name. And uh, it wasn't nothing for her to get out there and do whatever you asked her to do. And, she, and when last time I seen she was a master sergeant. And uh, her sergeant major was called me to talk to her. She had got selected for the Saw Major Academy. She had a retirement in. But she was determined to retire. 
And then I did all I could do after I talked to her. And like I told him, I said, hey, she ain't gonna turn it loose. She ain't gonna turn it loose. So she gonna retire master sergeant. Let her go. Amen. But uh, I can't call her name, say nothing now, Marsha. But I can see her face because her, na her name skips me constantly. But uh, but now I, I will tell you in 552, you, Woodley, Finkley, my maintenance first son, all the first sons I had, I would tell you, you guys were the best group of first sons that any son major could ever ask for. Even with the stuff Townsend did, I had six out of the seven that I thought, like I told Sergeant Major, that I thought were great first sons. I say, when they ain't down there getting a bunch of DWIs, when they ain't not down there doing a bunch of foolishness and domestic violence and they ain't doing out there, I said, those are great first sons I got down there. Cause like that day when me and Pritchard got in a conversation, I told him, I said, oh yeah, them great first sons. And I said, I don't need nobody to tell me cause I know because when the colonel split my battalion up and took 350 soldiers from 552 and put it in 343, how many problems did you have over there in Saudi Arabia with them doggone soldiers that came 502? So yeah, I guess you got a point on that. I said, no, no first one did a great job with them soldiers. They did great jobs with them soldiers. I say they're gonna do little things. That stuff gonna happen. But, but <laughs> if I had to do it all over again, I probably would. But trust me, if I could pick the same team I had, I probably would. Minus a few jokers in there. I, I wouldn't want them back with me because, like I told man, it ain't it ain't nothing about they can't do the job. They don't want to do the job. And that's why I used to tell towns all the time. Everybody else get out here and do what they got to do and want to do it. You run around here, you don't want to do this, you don't do that. And you let and you let that commander go do stuff, and then everything he do, he screw it up. And then the battalion commander get chewed out, and he come to me. And I told him, I say, well, when I gave y'all the paperwork, y'all tied my hands on taking Townsend out that seat. So this is what you're going to get. But uh, if I could pick the same That's crew amazing. again, I would do it. So if you were going to go back and live one year of your life again, where would it be? When would it be? Where would you go? One year of my life. You talking about where back in the military? Anything. Or anything? If I had to live one year of my life, hmm. If I had to live one year of my life, what would I do? It would probably be going back to Korea again. Amen. Korea from ninety-four to ninety-five. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Where were you at? I was in uh, down at a uh, camp of. Uh, the one that's over there by Camp Red Cloud. Stanley? Camp Stanley? Wee Jumbo. Yeah, Camp Stanley. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Right there, Wee Jumbo, Camp Stanley. That's it. Yeah. I would go back there. That's where I would go. Do another live yeah. fire down there, food song with them Avengers, and uh, another year over there doing that period of time. That was probably my. I tell you what, that is probably my most solemn year 
in the military. The only thing I had to be concerned about if we went on that MGM River course, I went down there on all them tours down there, visiting North Korea tunnels. Right. So tell me about yeah. the next part. Tell me about the next Parker that's coming up. You know, there's there a, there a super duper grandbaby or somebody that's, you know, tell me, but tell me about your family. Tell me about what you're proud of. Well, you know, I always love my family, siblings, all of them, but, you know, I guess I'm mostly proud of some of them grandchildren, most of my grandchildren, especially granddaughter, because I most of I got about 18 grandkids and most of them are most of them are girls. <laughs> I got about four or five grandsons. But anyway, I got one down there in the Dallas area works for Texas Instru Instruments and IBM. I got one that's finishing up school at University of Texas at Austin down there. And I got another one in Houston. Uh, she works for uh, oil refinery. I got one up here in San Antonio. Now her parents, most of their, par their parents up in the uh, DC, Virginia area, cause her daddy is a, he, uh, he's a, he was in the army, but he uh, in the, he's in the active AGR right now. And the other one, my other son is in the Marines. He's in the Virginia area. And then I got one over there in Spain in the Air Force. But I'm mostly, I'm mostly thinking about my grandkids and hopefully that they grow up and they, you know, become a lot more responsible and a lot more dedicated to things and not just look at what they can do and what they can get in a, Become responsible individuals, responsible adults. But uh, the main thing I'm hoping, like I told my granddaughters, thank God none of them have kids yet because like I told them, you don't need no children yet because you still hang like a child at the age you are. And hopefully they start maturing and get better and get better with that because when they bring kids in this world, uh, that's my concern right there. Them great gang kids, how they gonna bring them up? Right. I, I, I think I believe that we're all connected in some way that we're mirror images of each other, that that you are my best counsel. If I will listen to you like when you are my boss, the best thing I could do ever was just listen to you. Just listen and take 90 percent of what you said and apply it to everything and know that all the intentions that you you gave me the advice were good. Every time you said, look, for Sergeant, you're an idiot. You know, I, you didn't say it that way, you, but, but I had to look at it like, yeah. let me sit still and let me, let me be mentored for a minute. And, dude, you were so good at it. You were so good at it. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you for the chance to succeed in your organization. You know, you thank you for a chance. No, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to. But, you know. You know, and I knew that was going to be a hard task for you, that HHB. Because like I said, because, <laughs> you know, I don't know how much you were paying attention. But every time you look around, you see her. Every time he came down there, first thing he was asking, how's that HHB first on doing? I said, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. Because I'm going to tell you. I'm telling you now, they're watching you like a hawk. And I wasn't going to tell you none of that stuff because 
I fell on my sword on that one. And just like I told uh, like I told uh, Colonel Wetchgall when he left, and then Colonel Bodan when he showed up, and I said, I fall on my sword again for that. But I said, I say it's a difference. I say it's just something I seen about him and how he was carrying himself and how he was doing. I say, cause HHB need that energy he got. They need that energy. And I say his administrative skills are good. Everything he's doing is right. He's just said, I say, yeah, he a little high. He a little high, he a little high tech. But that's what I needed, that high energy in HHB. Cause HHB is, is them laid back batteries. And I need him to fire them up over there. And just like I told them got done E7s over there when I pulled them to the side and put them in my office and talked to them, which I never told anybody about it. You know, because I'm gonna tell y'all something. The first time you go challenge my goddamn first arm, you gonna find you a new home up out of here. He tell you to do something. Oh, no. If you think it's a problem, you need to sit down and talk to him in the commander. But the first time one of you motherfuckers go challenge him and he get back to me. You leave in this battalion, and you leave in this motherfucker running. Trust me. And that's that. That's oh. it. But, I, but Luther, Dude. Luther told me. Luther say, Dude. he say, he say, you think you need Tim? No, Marsh don't need no this. Just between me and you, and them sevens. I say he'll find out later on down the road, probably. But the thing is, and I said, I told him, I say, once he get that sequence number, shit, I'm good then. I said, all I'm waiting on him to get a sequence number, cause now. Motherfucker go challenge him now, and he get frocked. I'm gonna be watching around that corner, see how he handle his business with that motherfucker that come challenge him. Cause if he don't, then I'm gonna got there be talking to him. But I know he gonna help me. I know he gonna help me. That's funny. Thank you, dude. I'm like, I like feel like I just need to big give you get big hug. You you were such a protector for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, don't say that. I'm a military. Don't say protector. The thing is this, I, I knew, see, cause all those guys, I had put council statements on cause I'd offer those guys, some of the guys you had, I offered them units. And uh, and they didn't want them line units. And some of them other E7s that stepped up and took them line units. And I said, okay. And I wrote everybody's name down and I gave them council statements when they didn't take a unit. You turn down a unit once, and I counsel you, you don't get a chance to get another one. No, 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 no. Because I got that paperwork on me. So when I did what I had to do, and just like when me and her were talking, when her said, hey, uh, you know, I'm going up here, this and that. I said, okay, well, here, here's some names. He said, okay, I got you. He said, well, I know him. I said, yeah, I want to make sure you know my goddamn first songs are. Because when you come back and I look on that sheet and I don't see what I need to see, we got to have a good discussion. He said, all right, okay, we good. But that's why I told a couple of them guys. And then that's when all y'all started. Well, I remember when all y'all got it, and all them motherfuckers started rushing to my office. Time out. <clears throat> so I made I didn't come out on the list. Well, what the fuck you look at? What list? Oh, I thought I gonna make you eight. Hey, what the fuck job you doing? How you think you gonna make you eight? And you ain't even sitting in one of them hard jobs like them guys sitting in. Man, get on out of my office with that crap. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's good seeing you, and I, because so, I see you out there riding your bike. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so tell me about tell me about how your career ended. 
Tell me about you hanging up the hat. How did that go? Well, you know, you want to stay a little longer. But once you done did everything you need to do, it's time to move over, let somebody else take that saddle and ride that horse. So it was time to go. I think it went, I think it went okay. I think it went well as it did. Well as it did. And the thing is, like I said, then uh, I, I think I, about a year, about a few months later, I took a job, went to Afghanistan as a contractor. I was over there in uh, Kabul for a minute. Then I moved down to Kunduz. And then I went down there. I stayed over there about seven years. Oh, I came wow. from over there. I, I, I was sick of that because uh, that's, 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 that's rough on you over there, contractor and them soldiers over there, man. And those people over there, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they want out of life, and I just don't know what they wanted. But uh, I tell you this now: the only people benefited over there was the contractors, uh, uh, the uh, the people that own them contracting companies. They benefited big time over there. But uh, after that, Amen. I came back and Amen. I started. Amen. They they get paid one hundred seventy thousand dollars, and they put seventy grand in their pocket. Yeah, but see them contractors, you, you might make that money, but your life is on the line daily over there, ins and out. Even when they when them boys hit our camp in 2013, July the 3rd, which was back, which was 4th of July back here, but July 3rd over there. But man, they hit us. We lost a lot of people. We lost some folks over there and everything else. And that's when uh my wife called me and I think uh some of my grandkids and everything else, that's when I told them I had made my mind up because six months later I came home, I was through with that because Amen. I'm telling you, it, it, it's rugged over there. You got the Taliban, you got the Haqqani Network, you got Al-Qaeda, you got all kind of factions over there and they trying to get them contractors and get them soldiers. And uh, if the U.S., if the U.S. were over there controlling that thing from day one to now and controlling it, man, we all been hurt over there. We all would have oh, been yeah. hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, if you could give a message to your grandkids about your service to the United States Army and and uh, give them some kind of advice for the future, what, what kind of things would you tell your grandkids? If you're going to, if you're going to go into service, be all in. If you can't be all in, don't do it. If your heart ain't in it, don't do it. If it's too much for you, stay away from it. But you can serve in other capacities, missionaries or whatever else you want to do. But if you're going to do something, and it's just like it's just like what President John F. K. say, not ask what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? Amen. So don't always look for 100% receive and 0% give. It's either 50-50. 50% give, 50% receive. If you're in the receive mode, not in the give mode, you're on the wrong end of the stick, I always say it. And you know, because it, it, it's just like the old saying, saying John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, he who believe him should not have that, but have everlasting life. And uh, he sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but through him, the world was saved. So 
That's John 316, 317. You got to give something. The Lord gave us something. He gave all us life and brought us here. So that's why I try to I try to stress that to them as much as possible to anybody. Not only them, but to anybody. You don't, you don't, you don't get you looking for something. If you're looking for something to receive, then you give something. You receive and give. The giver, the giver is blessed, and um, the receiver is blessed also, and it's a big, big circle, right? You, my friend, are a blessing. You were a blessing a long time ago. You're a blessing now. It's so cool. I look, I have some pictures of you in that sumo wrestling suit. Remember that <laughs> from from that from that day? Remember that? I have those pictures. They're out there, dude. You are bumping up, you know, with that crazy suit. Remember that day? That was so much fun. I remember. So much fun. You and, Colonel, you and Colonel Simonelli were awesome. We had Major Tedesco. Um, I had, oh, my gosh, so, such wonderful folks, right? Such wonderful folks. Captain Jackson. Um oh my gosh right i mean such blessed times john e parker command sergeant major retired you dude are a, are a blessing to me thank you so much for talking to you me are. and being a part of my life and i just it's just an honor man it's just really an honor uh, there was i'm telling you man i walked out of your office so many times thinking I am the most screwed up individual in the whole world. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you, but no, but you taught me so much, man. You did. You, you, of like, like, so I talk highly of my very first squad leader. I talk very highly of uh, Frank Calderon. Um, my, um, he was a staff sergeant. I was a sergeant. And I talk highly of you. You, Three, three guys. Yeah, you know Frank Calderon? Yeah, he used to be the first on the uh, Alpha 1-7. He was in the 108 Brigade with me. Yeah, old Frank. I know Frank. Yeah, he was my. He was one of my greatest squad leaders, dude. He was. Oh, yeah, Frank. Guys. Oh, Frank Calderon. Frank Calderon, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, look, look, it's, it's, we're, we're all, I believe, I believe that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. That's right. I believe. I believe that you're a mirror image of me. Uh, the only difference is you grew up where you grew up, and I grew up where I grew up, but we're all the same. We're the same. Right, There's exactly. No There's no difference. And and I believe that if we could find a way to join our minds and think differently about this world, that we would be in heaven, just like Jesus talked about, just like those concepts. But we've allowed things to cloud our memory to put a veil over yeah. us <laughs> right so that's what i believe i really believe that with my whole heart and i love you i love you if you called Back me in. today tomorrow and said i need you the i need you come me i'm there i'm there dude i'm i'm gonna go help johnny parker Damn it, because you're my friend, dude. You're my foxhole buddy, and uh, I love you. Back at you.
Yeah, yeah. So, hey, before we get out of here, you got to call the unit. You got to call your battalion to attention. And you got to salute. <laughs> oh, no. You got to salute and sign out. You got to say, you know, Sergeant Major Parker signing out or some shit like that, right? Oh, you man. You going to make me rule. do that? Dude, it's a rule. You know it's going to oh, make no. your heart pump. You know it's going to make your heart pump. When you call the battalion to attention, you're going to lose your mind. Right? How long has it been? How long has it been? Oh, man. What's this? 2021? Been 13 years. Dude, right? You are the friggin' man. You are a stud among studs. I'm so proud to know you, man. You ready? You, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Battalion. Up, Tidge. Boom. Saw Major Parker signing out. Oh, boom. That's it, dude. That's perfect. Yay. Isn't that really cool? Doesn't that make your heart pump? Pump like right there, right, dude? That makes your heart pump. That is so freaking cool. That's what it's all about, dude. Remember those days? Remember standing out in front of all of us freaking full of freaking testosterone and freaking ready to go. Just ready to go kill something, right? We were, we were, dude, you were our leader, man. You are our leader. I love you, dude. You're a stud, man. You're awesome. All right. Take care, Marshall. And uh, I like this. I like what you're doing here. I like this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I like dude, I look, I'm trying to get our stories, all of our stories told before we get sick and before we, you know, maggot, what? Wasn't Maggot one of your first sergeants? Maggot, he 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 was a he was a what you call it first sergeant. He was a, a McGovern, but he he was there yeah. for a minute, and then he left. He left when you came. When you came, he had just left. All this started because of Maggot. All this started because of the tumor that Maggot got. You know, Maggot was a good buddy of mine, and so we I I, I started this after Maggot got sick. You know, and so. Anyway, dude, I love you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You have a great night. You too. I salute. Marshall in the middle.